The ongoing influx of migrants to the United States has created a gigantic backlog for immigration courts, where spending has been rising fast. Joining me with the outlines of the situation, Bloomberg government analyst Michaela Ross. Ms. Ross, good to have you on. Pleasure to be here. Tell us what you discovered that even despite the spending, and we'll get some figures on that, the immigration backlog is really rising. Give us some of the numbers. We were really interested to see that spending had doubled in contracts from about $60 million to about $120 million over the last four fiscal years, while at the same time it was not making a dent in this backlog. The backlog we heard last week at a hearing, even you know right after the article published, is now at about or 850,000 folks. And it's actually higher than that when you include about several more hundred thousand folks that are waiting in cases that have been administratively paused. So could be well over a million cases when you total those together. And it, it just doesn't seem like the spending is helping it at all. And these are people that came illegally or legally or a combination of both. I mean, who who is who constitutes the backlog? Correct. It's going to be folks referred from several different div- divisions of the Department of Homeland Security. So not only folks that cross the border uh, undocumented or illegally between ports of entry, but also folks that are here maybe overstayed their visa, they're um, you know here for other reasons, so maybe they're claiming asylum, uh, which is a legal process. So there's a, a plethora of reasons why people are in this backlog, but it just continues to grow. Um, also being, a, you know, another reason behind the backlog is just we're seeing more immigration at this point. You know, over the last decade, there's been a couple spikes and it's dropped and spikes again. And right now we're on an upswing. So the Department of Homeland Security said last week they're estimating, you know, about 900,000 people might be crossing the border apprehended by uh, Border Patrol this year. And you mentioned that the contract spending has been rising. Who are the principal contractors for the U.S. immigration courts and what do they do? The big player to watch here is the uh, interpreting services. So that's what's constituting the bulk of the spending. And we spoke to the immigration court systems as well, and they confirmed that. So last fiscal year, there was about $60 million spent in interpreter services. And we heard at a hearing with their director uh, last week, that might get up to 110 this year. So almost a doubling in one fiscal year alone. So uh, that's really the, the area that appropriators are watching. They're very concerned about that. Um, what's causing this increased spending? Because if it's such a big bulk of that contract spending, it seems to be affecting other areas of the court. According to the director last week, he's worried that you know they're not going to have enough money to hire as many judges as they like, to do as much technology as uh, implementations as they like. So it's, it's starting to have that impact. Um, and what's driving the interpreter surfaces is more people that are crossing the border that don't speak English. There's a lot more indigenous languages when you're seeing these folks come from Central America, uh, a lot of families and, and children there, more people applying for asylum overall, but then also a, a difference in the rate structure of those contracts and according to the court system. So the contractors are charging what the traffic will bear, knowing the courts are kind of desperate for translators? That's really where the appropriators are looking into. They want to know what exactly is causing that increase and what what's new about these contracts to cause that. So that's what we have our eye on as well. And you mentioned in your article Mantech International and Booz Allen Hamilton Holding. Those are the people that employ the translators that are in turn supplied to the courts? 
Uh, not necessarily. We no- we noted some of the publicly traded companies that are benefiting from this, and uh, those two are included. But um, there's a, about a half dozen or so interpreter services that are in that data as well. You know, others contract da- that contract data does not include salaries for judges or law clerks. Of course, the law clerks are very important to support the system, but it does include things for you know management uh, consulting and IT services, uh, other data processing, and then of course the interpreters. We're speaking with Michaela Ross. She's a reporter and analyst at Bloomberg Government. And, of course, all of that spending doesn't increase the roster of judges. It gives them more support. But it seems like Congress ought to be focusing perhaps on increasing the ranks of judges if they want to clear the cases faster. And, you know, there's been a lot of support in Congress for that. In fact, there's been a lot of bipartisan support uh, with the spending, the big budget uh, spending bill that passed in February. Over 500, 534 judges were um, authorized there. The department has said uh, over the last few years is looking to get at least 700 judges. Um, They think that's going to help make a dent in the backlog. And right now, uh, as of last week, the director said uh, we're at about 430. So they're increasing. Those judges are increasing. That being said, um, it's still taking uh, a while to hire them. That is one of the issues. And then there's other concerns that even with uh, the judges, other policies in place or structures in place might be preventing a dent in this backlog. What might some of those factors be? Well, of course, folks on the more conservative side of the debate are saying there needs to be changes in basic immigration laws to kind of deter people from coming in the first place. So changes to laws surrounding if children can be detained or how unaccompanied children are treated when they uh, cross the border. Although we did also speak to quite a few immigration judges and uh, legal advocacy groups that feel there needs to be, you know, the system they say is broken fundamentally and that there needs to be some deeper policy changes, a, a restructuring of the court into an independent court outside of the Department of Justice. You know, so it's more in the judicial branch. They are feeling that by being part of the Department of Justice, the court is subject to more uh, political uh, partisan policies such as, you know, maybe being able to focus on the, maybe, you know, the department saying, oh, focus on these cases right now. And that causes the judges to have to reshuffle their docket and and cause delays. And then no, focus on these cases instead. And that causes reshuffling. And so they're saying that that is actually one of the root causes of the delays. Sure. And given the fact that it is part of the federal bureaucracy that was partially shut down, and given the number of immigrants coming by whatever purposes, did the shutdown have an effect on the backlog and on the operation of those particular courts? You were absolutely right. And we did hear some data on that in the hearing last week with the director of the immigration courts as well, some fresh data. So he said, um, Director McHenry said that about 60,000 cases had to be canceled. So they were on the calendar for that shutdown and then uh, they had to cancel them because they, they obviously weren't able to process them. So those need to be rescheduled. And then, of course, all of the cases that were coming in during that time had to be put on the docket as well. Uh, so that was a big slowdown for folks. Um, and then at this point, they're seeing, you know, rescheduling those are years into the future. So the, we're seeing data from Syracuse University that these uh, the average person on this backlog is waiting about two years for their trial. But the calendar of cases is stretching into 2022, and it could be even further. They're just not calendaring it after that. So it's it's quite a lengthy process. And immigration judges are highly specialized, so they must be a little bit tougher to hire maybe than, I don't know, general purpose criminal court judges. I <laughs> 
Yes, that's what we're hearing as well. And um, it's a slow process as well. And that has been something that the immigration court system has been criticized for in the, in the past. It was taking over two years to hire a judge. Now they say they've really increased the process, really uh, sped it up. So they're very excited that that's going to be helpful, they, uh, they feel. Um, but it's still a slower process. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to find um, an immigration judge sure. and, and to go through the process than others, uh, government employees. And have we heard any word on this from the new attorney general, Mr. Barr, on this topic? That is definitely something that uh, folks have their eye on as well. Legal and immigration groups um, are wondering where he's going to come out on some of these issues. And one of the things that they're watching, of course, is what he's going to do about some of the policies that were put in place during this Jeff Sessions tenure. For example, during that period, the immigration courts put in a couple policies to try to speed up cases. Um, have deadlines and um, performance reviews, number of quotas for cases for judges. Um, the, the goal there was, of course, to really put a focus on c- case completions, but a lot of the judges union was not pleased with that at all. Um, they are concerned that it's interfering with due process. They're concerned that it's actually slowing down cases um, and, the, and the speed there. So how um, the new attorney general is going to react to some of those policies is definitely something to watch in his first few months. Michaela Ross is a reporter and analyst with Bloomberg Government. Thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Tom. We'll post a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.